Welcome, welcome, welcome to the QC Hornets Nets, a podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. And each week, I have the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and giving you inside access other shows can't. This week, I'm joined by Isaiah Thomas, who discusses return to the NBA, how he's fit in so far with the Hornets, being universally embraced by the coaching staff, fans, and more. So are you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. So back on the roller coaster once again for the Hornets. And as anybody that's followed this team all year knows, that's how they've pretty much been. This is no different. As they go into this weekend's action, they're 500. They're the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. And it's been a wild ride over the last month or so. Just even the last week, think about it. Two brutal losses at home to Brooklyn and Boston back-to-back. The Nets obviously are a good team. They're rolling a little bit. And Celtics are one of the best teams uh, since the All-Star break. And they're also one of the top defensive teams. So while those two losses um, definitely are those kind of ones that stung and hurt, you could argue a little bit that you can say those games, you kind of just push them to the side. So at least the Hornets kind of came back and took care of business on a little mini two-game road trip in New Orleans, Oklahoma City. But the real thing, as we all know, was the big game against the Hawks. Just kick off that five-game homestand on Wednesday night. We all knew how big that game was. And as James Borrego said leading into the game, Whoever won or lost, it wasn't going to be a championship. It wasn't like the team that won was going to be, um, you know, had a cakewalk walking out because, again, it's, the Hornets are only a half game now going to the weekend action ahead of the Hawks. But more importantly, for those who follow it, it was more about tiebreakers and being able to at least have the chance to host a home playoff game because anybody who has been at the arena this year in Uptown and had a chance to be among the atmosphere at a Hornets home game, understands that they can at least get one game there. It's going to be crazy. The fans have been really at a fever pitch all year. And especially in the fourth quarter, when some of these games get tight, it's just a different intensity in there that hasn't been seen in years. So the Hornets, want to be able to somehow get a home playoff game. And that win against the Hawks, again, gives them the chance to at least keep that alive. Because if they lost, they would have not only been behind the Hawks in the standings, but that tiebreaker of head-to-head would have been 3-1 to one in the Hawks' favor. And also Atlanta's division record, which is the next tiebreaker, is better than the Hornets currently. And it just would have been impossible almost for the Hornets to, to actually catch the Hawks unless Atlanta stumbled, which is definitely still possible. But that win was humongous. The big thing now for Hornets is to keep it going. Because as I wrote in the Observer, one of the things that sometimes, as we know with the Hornets, they haven't been able to handle prosperity well sometimes this year. They get on the roll start feeling good about themselves and come out there and lay an egg 
and don't take the opponent seriously. And before you know it, they're playing catch up the entire game. But from here on out, you have essentially a handful of games left, two handful of games left. You want, if you want to be technical about it, to figure a way to get yourselves into the postseason, and just at that point, who knows? The Hornets are a dangerous team. I don't think anybody would want to face these guys in the playoffs. But on the other hand, as we know, just as good as they can be and beat some of the best teams, they can lose to some of the worst teams as they have done as well this year. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of see over this last, you know, 12 games or so exactly how things break down for Hornets because they're right there. You know, they're probably not going to be able to catch the Nets in the eighth spot and getting to seventh, you know, they're about four and a half games out going into the weekend. That's a lot to catch up and make up in a little bit of time. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But again, that win over the Hawks was humongous for the Hornets and at least gives them a chance to kind of springboard themselves moving forward to potentially host a home playoff game. All right, time for this week's mailbag. And thank you guys once again for submitting your questions. I really appreciate you being part of the podcast and interacting with me to keep me in my toes. So thanks once again for submitting your questions. First question comes from Harry Sparks on Twitter. And it's at Harry Sparks 123 The question is, is IT a Hornet for the rest of the year? And the answer to that question is, yeah. I don't know how he really can't be. The only way I foresee that happening is for some reason, some underlying thing happens that we don't know about right now, but I don't, that can't happen. I mean, Isaiah Thomas has been great for this team for a number of reasons, from the fact that he's a veteran who has been there and done things and could teach LaMelo Ball and a lot of the other younger players just how to be a pro and how to go about things in a certain way. To also being a good spark off the bench and being part of the second unit to give the Hornets a little bit of a different look out there uh, as previously, because as we know, once Ish Smith was traded away, when he was out there, Ish was, that was some sporadic minutes for him, but there was a role for that void that had to be filled. Um, and, and that was basically done by Isaiah because Terry Rozier was doing backup point guard duties, but, Isaiah's come in and give a different, just a different, um, again, look and give him a different kind of engine, so to speak, to the, to the second unit. So he's also been paired with LaMelo Ball out there, and that gives LaMelo a little bit more of an off-the-ball look. The teams can't basically beat him up the way they have been all year. So I can't see Isaiah Thomas not sticking around for the rest of the year. Again, the only reason it wouldn't happen is for some underlying um, thing that, Right now, it's unforeseen, but Isaiah Thomas is a great fit for this team. And, um, you know, you hear from him momentarily about exactly why it's been the case. So thanks for submitting the question. I really appreciate it. And, you know, thank you very much, Harry Sparks. All right, so this week I had a chance to speak with Isaiah Thomas, and as many of you guys know, he's been a great fit for the Hornets so far. 
we got a chance to discuss a lot of different things, his comfort level with life, how he's in a good space right now with the team, how the coaching staff has allowed him to kind of come in and be himself. A lot of different things that he was very gracious and opened up to me about. So I want to give you guys a little sample of that interview. And here it is right here. Can you explain the journey for you, what it's been like? This is two 10-day contracts for you now. You know, you was in the G League, mm -hmm. Dallas, Lakers. Yeah. What's it been like for you, man, just this season overall to kind of just go from where you started to, like, where you're at right now? Um, you know, it's been a blessing. Like, obviously, you know, the ultimate goal is to be, you know, on the NBA roster for good. But just to be able to play the game of basketball pain-free and healthy, like, I don't take that for granted. So, like, obviously the journey has been rocky the last few years, and I haven't been where I want to be at. But, like, you know, you try to take the goods and the positives from those situations. So the Lakers situation, you know, being able to get a 10-day, being able to showcase that I can still play at the NBA level. Um, Dallas was going to be a good opportunity, but then I ended up getting COVID after the first day. Um, and then the G League, like I can't thank, you know, Jason Terry, who's the coach of the G League, um, the GM down at the G League um, in Grand Rapids. Like they gave me an opportunity to just go out there and play and showcase that, you know, obviously I can still play at a high level. So, you know, I can't thank them enough. I'm appreciative, um, you know, I'm thankful for all the opportunities just because I'm, I'm able to show people that I can still play. And ultimately, you know, that's the that's the main that was the main reason for even going down to the G League, just to show that I'm healthy, I'm in shape, I can play actual games, back to backs, it doesn't matter. So um, I'm thankful for, you know, the journey, especially this year. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of, you know, um, jumping around, but at the end of the day, it's been basketball. I love the game of hoop. So like Shoot, I play at local YMCA's. Like it's 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 not a bad thing to be in the G League or to be on these ten days. It's an opportunity to showcase that, you know, I'm still who I am. I was gonna ask you about that, man. To be able to humble yourself um, at this level, what's that like to show people that sometimes I guess you have to kind of go back to like your roots and kind of yeah. start from the bottom and kind of get back to where you want to. What about that? I mean, for me, it's not even about humbling myself. Like I love hoop, so like I if you. Like, anybody that knows me, I hoop anywhere. So the G League, obviously, that wasn't something that, you know, like, my goal was never to play in the G League. Like, my, the start of my career, I remember just, you know, telling myself that. But, like, the G League is a platform for you to showcase your skills. It's the closest thing to the NBA. Um, so I'm thankful for that opportunity and me being able to showcase my skills. And it and it working. Like, I played one game, then got called up for that. I mean, for the Lakers. Played three games, then got called up, you know, mm -hmm. for, for the Hornets. So, like, it helped me. So, more more so than anything, it wasn't a humbling experience. It was more of like, dang, why do I got to go through all these things to get back to where I belong? But it was just that thought for a second. And then when I'm, when I'm on the court, I'm just out there hooping. So, I, I don't even, you know, think twice about being in the G League or being – you know, 11 years in the NBA, um, being an all-star and having to go this route, like, it's not even about that. It was, ultimately, it was about me getting healthy. Like, I'm in a great place mentally. I'm in a great place physically. So, being in and out the G League, that doesn't bother me. I know a lot of people got egos, and that's probably tough for them, but I'm playing hoop because I love it. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, that's the most important thing. Like, I love basketball. Even, like, I play with the young guys today, and, Coach came over and was like, man, you just love basketball. I'm like, 
Like, you don't know what it is to get it taken away from you and not having that control to be able to play freely and pain-free. So, like, once I was pain-free again, it's like, I'm playing everywhere. Like, I'm playing because I know, you know, the time is ticking. Like, I'm, I'm 33, but I still got a lot of years left to play. But, you know, I'm on the back end of my career. So, like, I'm trying to take every ounce of this game that I can and, and play anywhere I can, you know, while I'm healthy and feeling great. You mentioned JB, James Borrego. He, talking to him, he said a couple times the last couple of days that he, he basically is giving you, you won't say carte blanche, but he wants you said to be yourself out there. He's giving you the opportunity to go out there, be a pseudo coach, yeah. talk um, to the guys about mm-hmm. whatever you want to. Yeah. Like, what is that like to be able to get that from a guy who's basically just you only been there a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, it means it means a lot. Like, it means a lot. Just right the first day I got here, not just JB, but the coaching staff, Mitch Cupcheck, Buzz, all those guys is like, we we need you to just be you, bring your personality to the team your leadership, your um, be vocal. And, like, even if they didn't ask me to do the things that they're asking me to do, like, I've always done that. So it's not me being out of character. This is just who I've always been. So it's been easy being able to, you know, connect with the younger guys just because you know how it is. The younger guys, it's, it's tough for, you know, older people to connect with that age group. So I'm able to connect with them. On a respect level, and also, you know, they've seen me do it at a high level. So it's easier for me to bring somebody aside and tell them what I think, and they hear it, listen to it, and take it in. And it's no disrespect, whether, you know, it's an uncomfortable conversation or not. And, you know, all the guys in the locker room, as anything that I've said, they've been open ears, and they've been, you know, they, they, they've welcomed me to, to help them in any way mm-hmm. I can. And that's. And that makes my life easier. Like, I come in here and they're happy to see me. Like, <laughs> like, like, they're happy to see me every day. And you would think, you know, I've been on the team all year. And I think that just comes from the respect they have for me, the respect I have for them. And, you know, they're, they're expecting me to lead and be that vocal leader in the locker room, whether I'm, you know, here for a few more days or I'm here for the rest of the season. I'm going to do that job every day without coach, without even coach even bringing that up. You mentioned that. It seems like, you fit in well here. And talking to other guys, whether it's Gordon, Terry, Miles, when I speak to all the guys, they tell me how much they love Charlotte. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't know about this city, mm-hmm. man. What's your thoughts about the city and just being here so far? What, what do you think about it? Man, I love it. Like, it's been nothing but love for me. Like, obviously, when I played against the Hornets in my career, you know, I'm at the hotel. I don't really leave. Mm-hmm. I don't really see Charlotte. I've been able to, you know, be around the downtown area, be – be able to, you know, receive that love from everybody in the city. Like when they when they see me and notice me, it's been nothing but love at the games, at the hotel, everywhere. So like, you know, I I'm always appreciative of the love and people welcome me with open arms. So anywhere they welcome me with open arms, I love it. And I've I've been able to, you know, transition here for the last, you know, couple weeks and it's been easy. Like from top to bottom, from the order the front office coaching staff, players, to the fans and the community, like, you know, everybody's been welcoming me with open arms and it's been, it's been, like, it's been just a dope experience for sure. Like, it's good energy around here. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, the energy, the younger guys bring the energy each and every day. The coaching staff energy is amazing. Like I said, top to bottom, it's, you can see they're going in the right direction to where they're trying to get. And then to know, I mean, it's not set in stone, but, you know, James Borrego mentioned before that, 
you're probably part of the rotation right now. And said, 10 men is a little bit tough to play 10 men, but he's trying to do that to get you some time mm-hmm. out there. Somebody when you come in the game, if team isn't playing well, you'll spark right away, yeah. man. Just what about that? How much do you, you take, I guess, pride in that and helping the team raise up a little bit when they're not playing the way they want man, to? Man, anything I can do, like whether it's off on the floor, off the floor, anything, whether it be five minutes, 10 minutes, I know what I bring to the table. So when I get in the game, I'm able to change the game whether I'm scoring or making plays or just, you know, to get our get get the flow of our guys a little better than, than you know, the starting group. So whenever coach calls my name, I, like I told him, like, anything you need, like, don't worry about. I ain't got no ego. I ain't got no pride. Like, you put me in, I want to hoop. I want to hoop and I want to help. And, you know, that's been my job since I've been here is just try to help any way I can. And just last thing, can you tell me, um, I mean, you mentioned this experience is what it's been like for you, how dope it's been people accepted you. I mean, can you put into words just, I guess, what it's like, man? It seems like it's like, like a dream for you probably, right? Because I'm sure it's something you wish for and hope for, but now it's actually here you're going through it. Does it seem kind of surreal a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I pray every day about this. Like, So, like, when they ask me, like, how are you able to take advantage of it? It's like I prepare for these moments. Like, I dream of these moments. I've been in these moments before. So, if my name's called, I'm going to take full advantage of the opportunity. But, yeah, it is surreal. Like, not just for me, for, like, my family, for my kids. Like, we've been through it the last three or four years, you know, fighting this battle of not being healthy, jumping from team to team. And for me to come back from, you know, the major injury I had, like, anybody else would have probably quit already. Like, and I think that comes from the love I got for the game. Like, you know, the game hasn't always loved me back, you know, the way I love the game, but... That's like one of the, you know, things that I love in life is to play basketball. So I'm going to keep trying as long as I can. And the fact that I'm healthy now, it's like there's no quitting me. Like, I'm going to try until they really tell me, like, you're done playing. Like, <laughs> that's how much fun I have with the game. And then just to be around a good group of guys and, you know, for them to acknowledge my journey and acknowledge who, who I am and what I bring to the table, whether I'm playing or not. And that, that means everything to me. So when you say, is it surreal? Yeah, because, you know, I've had some down days where, you know, those days where you feel like, man, it might not happen. You know, so to see it happening and to be in it and to, to appreciate these moments, like, like my, my, my down days were really bad days, you know. So that's why, you know, every day I, I walk with a smile on my face. I'm appreciative of the opportunity. I think somebody, you know, with the success I've had, I feel like they, they feel like I would have came in with an ego or, mm-hmm. or some type of mm-hmm. pride. Like, like I've never had that. Even, even you know, when I was on top, I didn't have that. Like, so this is who I am. I'm not faking nothing. I'm just being who I am. And I think that's why guys start to gravitate, gravitate towards me and, you know, like me a little, uh, a, a little bit, I guess. Well, it's been kind of fun to kind of watch this journey, yeah. man, because it's been kind of, Surreal for me to kind of see it, you know, up close because the fans have taken sure. to you already, coaching staff, Lamelo. Yeah. So things are going great for you, man. No so doubt. thanks for a little bit of time. I appreciate it, man. So many thanks to Isaiah Thomas for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. Um, as you guys can hear, he's very eloquent, breaking things down, and essentially. Um, letting you guys know where he's coming from. He's been a very good fit here so far for the Hornets. And as I mentioned earlier in the mailbag, we'll see if it continues, but I think it probably will. So, all right, looking ahead for the Hornets now and where they're 
headed um, in this last couple of weeks here of the season. Again, they're in the midst of this five-game homestand. We talked about how they got up to a great start with that win over the Hawks. Now they welcome Luka Doncic and the Mavericks to town when they continue the homestand on Saturday. And then after that, they welcome in the Pelicans who they had a big win over um, you know, earlier on that road trip along with the win in Oklahoma City we talked about earlier, but the Hornets don't essentially have a gimme in that game either because that'd be Devontae Graham's homecoming. It was going to be juiced up and hyped to come back to Charlotte and show everybody what he can do after just, you know, he dropped um, a, a good game on the Hornets when they were in New Orleans. So I don't see why it'd be any different in that regard. So that's not going to be an easy game for him. Then they play the Knicks. The Knicks, it could be a gimme game per se because the Knicks are a team that's struggling a little bit. But, um, you know, that's when you definitely have to win. And then after that, you close it out with Utah. So that, if you want to have a cushion there in terms of maybe taking an L, that's another reason why the next game uh, a couple of days earlier is important for you. So with four games left, the Hornets, from my perspective, need to go at least three and one to feel really good about themselves as they close the last couple of games of the season there. Because once they finish this homestand, they still have a couple of road games left in Brooklyn, in New York against the Knicks, in Philadelphia against the Sixers, and also in Miami and Chicago. So the Hornets have to be able to give themselves a little bit of a cushion here. So that way, if they do falter for a game or so, it doesn't keep them basically from hosting that playoff game at home that we talked about earlier. So we'll see if they can get it done, but this is a very important, as we talked about, homestand for the Hornets. And it's crucial for them to keep it going and give themselves a little bit of a cushion moving forward. This week's stat is more like stats. And it's all about Terry Rozier. Terry celebrated his birthday on Thursday and the Hornets had an off day. And I'm sure he was loving that because he's been red hot this past month uh, for his birthday in March. In five games, from March 5th to March 14th, he averaged 26 points and five assists per game, shot 51% from the field and 49% from three-point range. He also led the league and made three points over that span with 24, and 19 of those were catch and shoot, which is something that also led the NBA during that span. Overall, in the seven games in March, Terry's averaging 25 points, 4.7 rebounds, 4.9 assists, and 2.6 steals per game. He's had multiple steals in five straight games, which is the longest streak of his career. In short, Terry Rozier has been in this bag lately, getting it done for the Hornets. And he's one of the reasons why it turned it around and won three straight games going to this weekend. Well, so there you have it. Thank you so much for joining me on the latest episode of QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for a special sub offer to gain full access to our stories and sports content, 
click the link in my story where it says support my work with a digital subscription. All right, until next time, we out.